You're listening to Guitars and Granola Bars, Episode 7. Thank you so much for joining me here on Guitars and Granola Bars, Music Therapist Talk Motherhood. I'm your host, Rachel Rambach, and this podcast is for music therapists and anyone else balancing a passion-fueled career with being a mom. In this episode, I'm chatting with Carrie Friedel. Carrie received her MTBC certification when she was pregnant with her first child, Lucy, in 2005. She now also has a son, Ethan, who is five years old and about to go to kindergarten this year. Carrie has slowly been building her private practice as her children have gotten older and has taken a journey of only working very part-time while her children are small with hopes to build a bigger independent music therapy practice in the future. Carrie, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Yeah, thank you for having me, Rachel. Absolutely. Before we jump in, let's talk a little bit about your background and how you became a music therapist and, and what you do as a music therapist. Well, um, mine is kind of, I kind of think of it as a timeline, um, just because this, my journey started back in uh, 2005, um, probably more or less with my internship, but I have original music degree and then I went back and got the equivalency for, um, music therapy. Oh, okay. So kind of like me, I did, I did something similar. Yeah. And, um, so I went back probably at 2003 is when I started and I only had, um, four semesters of coursework and practicums to complete and then plus this six months internship mm-hmm. and so 2005 I was thinking wow it's been 10 years um, I did my internship with Metro Nashville public school system they have one music therapist on staff for the whole school system and um, it took a while a little while to get going just because um, she had I had to get background checked and all that fun stuff. So my internship, we also took the summer off. And so between different things, it lasted nine months. Oh, (laughs) mine was nine months too. So I know how that goes. Yeah. So um, technically it was seven months worth of time, but the nine months counting the summer that we took off. So Okay. And how many months before the summer break did you have? Um. Let's see, I started in February, so I had March, April, May. Okay, so you had, had a good amount, so it was kind of split up a little right. bit. Right, yeah. So, it, but it, kind of the timeline starts with um, kind of the journey of motherhood and um, internship and starting my career all in that year. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. so I kind of have a different story compared to some of your other podcasts. Yeah. Um, well, that's perfect. I love to get a different perspective and different experiences from all of my guests. I'm really interested to hear what you have to share. So, yeah, in 2005, like by August, I had gone back for my internship and to my director, um, now keep with me with this story because there's some ups and downs of it. But um, I shared with my director that I was pregnant. And she said, well, that's okay. We can still, you know, finish up and it will be okay. Well, within that month, I miscarried. Oh, no. And so it was kind of, she gave me a week off. That was kind of some of the time, too, that I had to take. And um, that was August 29th of 2005 when that happened. Mm-hmm. Um my husband and I were also in the process of trying to buy a house and, you know, all that fun stuff that happens with life. Can't do things one at a time. Have to do it all right. at once, right? Right. Exactly. So, um, after that, um, I finished up my internship in November and then, um, did, was able to, um, get a job with, um, music therapy services of central Kentucky and Lorinda Jones. Um, up there, she has contracts with schools throughout the state up there. And so I agreed to um, 
be her music therapist for two schools that were two hours away from my house. Oh, wow. And so, um, you know, sometimes you have to go <laughs> where the jobs are. Yeah. Especially when you're landing your first job. So that was once a week. And during that time frame, I got pregnant again. And so um, that pregnancy stuck. Good, so, good. Uh, that was 2006, the winter of 2006. And between um, January and May, the end of school, I drove up to Kentucky once a week um, and saw several children between two schools and drove back to Nashville. And that was pretty much the start of my career <laughs> as a music therapist. Oh, my goodness. That just sounds so overwhelming to me and stressful, um, all that driving <laughs> and being pregnant. Right. Well, at that point, it wasn't so bad. I was still kind of used to getting out and driving. I drove an hour to go to school anyway, um, an hour to school and an hour back for my schooling. So driving wasn't the big issue. Um, at that point, I did go through some windy roads in central Kentucky during the first half of my pregnancy. That was mm. kind of interesting. But <laughs> I'm sure. We, I made it. Um, and so I was appreciative of that work. It was exactly what I trained for and um, what I did, and I loved it. Um, that summer, between times, I worked with a therapy clinic, a pediatric therapy clinic, and um, had a caseload of one, but um, saw one kid during the summer of my pregnancy. And so I just remember being so pregnant uh. <laughs> and running around with this kid. And then on August 29th of 2006, I had my daughter Lucy. It was an exactly a year after my miscarriage. So it's kind of a special date. Wow, that, that's um, amazing. Um, it was also my dad's birthday, so it's just kind of one of those very sweet stories. Yeah, full um, circle. So uh, Lucy was born, and um, I don't know if I want to go into all the ins and outs of that birth, but um, she was 9 pounds and 11 ounces. Oh, my. And full of life. Um, and being a first-time mom, it was just amazing and overwhelming all at the same time. Mm -hmm. I think that's the perfect way to describe new motherhood. Right. Um, she was colicky, so she cried a lot. Um, my husband had changed jobs during that, uh, that transition. So we had to deal with husband with new job, new boss and new baby. Oh, wow. Um, someone in Kentucky, um, another, um, music therapist had taken over my schools um, with the thought that I would come back and do it. Um, but within the first month of having Lucy, I decided not to come back. It was one day a week and the music therapist there seemed to be enjoying um, the work. And I thought, you know, it's, I'm just going to let that go. That so, was a, probably a really smart decision. Yeah, I think so, too. Uh, we, I hadn't really had the forethought of lining up childcare e either, and it was one day a week, and um, it was just, it was, I just felt like that was the right decision. Um, so I, you know, I took some time off um, to be home with Lucy. So how much time total was that? Uh, it was quite a while. Um, it was interesting um, to go along with my story. It, I didn't really work so much. I had my information out there. Um, every once in a while, I would get a call for music therapy. I remember going out and seeing one person, one child with Asperger's, and we ended up giving piano lessons to him for a while. And um, he would come to the house. And um, I would see him while Lucy was still there. But um, it was one of those situations where the mom was happy to, you know, sit in the living room. Sure. Um, entertain the child. And then uh, 
I worked in a nursing care facility for about a month, um, which was really good because I, that's kind of the other half of what I enjoy doing in music therapy, and that's working with older adults. Okay. And um, that did not last because of funding. Uh, the activity director really wanted me. Um, she really didn't have the um, powers to be on board with her. And so after a month, that got cut, unfortunately. And I really felt like during that time that it was meant for me to stay home. Because even though I kind of put myself or left, you know, all my information out there, um, for music therapy, you know, through the association, through CBMT, um, it, doing a little bit of networking, that um, it was really a time for me just to be with my child. And um, I had to be okay with that. I, had, I actually struggled with that um, because I really have a passion for being a music therapist. And... Uh, getting out there and seeing kids or older adults and doing what I love to do. Um, but also um, knowing that it was okay to be at home and to be with my child. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a struggle that a lot of new moms go through, especially those that reduce their caseload or take time off or leave, mm-hmm. leave practice. It's, it is definitely a struggle because I think we align ourselves so much with our careers that, you know, it's almost like removing a, a part of you. Right, right. Um, I, I, I love being mother, but I had trained to be music therapist. Exactly. And you put so many years and time and effort into it that it's, it almost feels like you're just letting go of all this effort. Right, right. I remember seeing... Um, Ann Jones, my internship director, during that time when Lucy was younger, we met for lunch one day, and she reminded me that she was out of work for 12 years before she got this job with Metro. Oh, wow. That, <laughs> 12 um, years. Yeah, she said, and I remember her saying, you know, I got in there and I picked it back up and I remembered everything I learned. And so she said, don't worry about it. She said, it will come. It will be there for you. And um, I thought that was very sage advice. (laughs) It is, and it's reassuring because I'm sure that a lot of music therapists who take that time away sort of feel like, okay, well, it's been, you know, this amount of time. I really can't reenter the field. And and that's why we do see that drop-off happen, I think, more more so than in other fields. Right. Um, and really I was part, um, I've been part of a, a group or it's basically been me and one other mom over last year, we would meet to talk about relaunching our careers. And, um, I had already sort of started my foray into that the past couple of years, but, um, we talked a lot about how hard it is for moms to, you know, pick up and have their careers again again, after taking some time off, because it looks like we haven't gained experience. Right. Um, I don't think that's the whole story, though. (laughs) I said, if I could write a resume on the experience that I've gained as a mom. Oh, my gosh, I know. And that's something that I've discussed with just about every episode, with every guest on this podcast, is that when you become a mom, you have this whole new perspective that you bring to your music therapy work. Right, right. And I agree with that. So how did you feel like you changed or evolved in a positive way? Um, you know, I, it was, it was really kind of this aha moment a few years ago of going, wow, I feel really, I feel more confident about myself. Um, during my internship, I remember Anne telling me, um, Every once in a while with a kid who was being difficult or who didn't want to work, she, she would say, you're the one in charge. You're the one to um, set the boundary. And um, every once in a while she'd say, some of this comes from my experience of motherhood. 
And I'm like, well, I'm not a mother yet. (laughs) (laughs) But once I became a mother, um, you know, and your kids will push back on you. Um, I had Lucy in 2006, and I have a son, Ethan, who was born in 2010. And um, learning to know that they have their own minds (laughs) and own opinions about things and that toddlers will push back on you um, really helped me gain confidence in who I am as a person to knowing that as a parent, you can stand your ground and your kid's still going to love you. Yeah, exactly. And um, which is, you know, part of the rewarding part of it or that you and your kid are going to have bad days and you're going to have to creatively think through how to get through this situation or problem. Whereas as a music therapist, we're always thinking, how can we get through this situation or problem in a positive way um, to help a client? So it all kind of works back and forth. Definitely. There's so much overlap between being a parent and being a music therapist. Um, I agree. Um, Maybe especially because you work with, uh, or we both work with kids. Right. I see, I see it with older adults, too. Um, I can see where you still have to be the one in charge, um, that we are the experts, right. and uh, we are coming with a, a look at how to help the situation mm-hmm. and how to have somebody achieve their goals. Yeah. So, so at what point did you... Um, make your way back into practice on a regular basis or how did that look to you? Um, that was kind of a slow process. Uh, during this time between my two kids, I did interview for a few jobs. Um, seems like any job that I have interviewed for, I have not gotten. Really? (laughs) Which has been kind of the hard, um, part um, some of it has to do with that there are a handful of very talented music therapists in Nashville. So, mm-hmm. you know, I know that if I'm not going to get the job, somebody else who has um, just as good as skills and the, um, you know, energy and effort is going to be able to fill that position. Sure, sure. Um, did, did you feel like it ever had to do with the fact that you did take some time off? I think so. Um some of it had to do with, you know, lack of experience. Um, I've had all my practice, the jobs that I have applied for, I've had experience in, in either practicum or, um, with my internship. Um, and then, you know, I had that, um, stint in Kentucky and then I've seen a couple private clients. Um, so when it, comes to experience I have a smattering of experience but not like whole chunks of time so I think that has been some of it Um, last spring I interviewed for a new uh, like a part-time hospice job that the hospice here I'm like was so excited they finally opened up a position because a lot of what you run into especially being in Music City is that a lot of people will offer their music services for volunteer work. Oh, okay. Um, Just to get that experience and exposure. Just to get, yeah, that experience or the exposure to keep up their chops, whatever, um, to do something, you know, philanthropic. And um, so I I know a couple of the, the music therapists interviewed for that position, so I knew I wasn't the only one. But um, I believe the person that got it had the most experience. So it's those things. Like, I don't think I interview bad. (laughs) Yeah, you just have a lot of competition, it sounds like. Yeah, so um, we all appreciate our talents and aspects and keep it very positive here. But the jobs we hear in Nashville, music therapy is still up and coming. So um, to have the skills and the know-how, we really have to work to create our own jobs um, to be out there and decide whether we are going to be in private practice or we're going to um, approach um, institutions and um, clinics to see if we can have, 
you know, work <laughs> to offer our skills. Yeah. It's work. It's going to change because um, Belmont University, which is a private school here in Nashville, uh, we've had several music therapists in town work to get a program, a music therapy program started. Oh, that's exciting. Yes. So I think it's very exciting. I think the culture is going to change. Um, Nashville is going to have to embrace it or not. Um, I think there's a lot more grant money to be had these days um, to um, tap into. I personally have not tapped into a lot of it, but I think I feel it's out there. That's how hospice gained their position because they had – wherewithal to get a grant. Vanderbilt Children's Hospital um, gained a grant to hire a music therapist a few years ago. And so um, it's changing. And the kid, the students there need practicum experiences as well. And so they've struggled a little bit um, finding enough music therapists who are working to um, have practicum experiences. So I am waiting to fill my caseload so I can have a practicum student. Yeah, yeah. So it's so anyway, back to the original question. I'm kind of getting off base, I guess. But, <laughs> okay, happens. Um, I have slowly, slowly grown my business. Um, I'm still working very, very part-time, and I'm happy with that. Um, back, um, I took... Um, a course with Music Together, which is a group who offers parent-child music classes, and um, music therapists can gain um, 30 continuing education credits, taking a weekend course on learning how to be a Music Together teacher. And I took that back several years ago and really liked it and decided that that was my foray back into working. So I have, I started those classes um, back in 2012, um, which has taught me a lot about marketing and business and um, what I need to do to advocate for my work. Um, it also lets peop- the general public know that I'm also a music therapist and I have skills that um, can work with children with special needs. So I've had several families with children with special needs come through my class. Um, I've gotten some referrals that way for private work. Um, I obtained my first long-term um, private music therapy client um, two years ago. And it was like, wow, I'm a music therapist again. <laughs> <laughs> that had to be a great feeling. So, yeah, it was a really great feeling. And uh, I saw him for about a year and a half. He's um, both, uh, his mom got a new job, so it's kind of um, wandered off, and I'm trying to get back in contact with them. But because of that, I've had some other um, private clients as well. Um, I learned the great lesson of trying to reimburse for music therapy um, about two years ago as well uh, with a client which we spent almost a year trying to get their insurance to pay, and it never worked out. Um, however, I have seen the client on grant money that her mom finds um, during the summer. So that's, that's been, you know, kind of an off and on therapy, but um, her mom is a big advocate of it. So she's kind of put my name out there with the school system and with other people. Um, so over the course of time, it's been slow and last fall, it seemed to be a dry season. Like everybody kind of disappeared on me. So it's been kind of a learning process as well of knowing what I need to do to regroup, where am I going to advocate for music therapy? And just over the past two months, I've got several calls for private music therapy and, um, some of the new stuff. Uh, I'll talk about towards the end of um, the podcast. So yeah, that, that sounds good. some of the new stuff on the horizon. Good. I'll look forward to hearing all about oh. that. So as you made your way back into private practice and really started kind of trying to bulk up your business, what were some challenges that you ran into as far as 
juggling being a mom and having this this career growing? Um, some of it was trying to um, find timing. Uh, when you work with, you may find, um, I'm not sure what all you do, but um, I find that when I work with kids, uh, most people want after school hours. Yes. Um, <laughs> Lucy is in third grade now. And um, so she goes to school during the day. And I have my son in school for four days a week now. And um, I try to do as much work while they're in school. Um, but I still find myself, um, I work on a, I give I give some piano lessons still, and that's on Monday night. And Tuesday evening is music together class, and it used to be music together class and seeing my private clients. Um, Thursday has turned into seeing some private clients. So um, I had a call the other day for um, a referral for music therapy, and I have a therapy space, too, so I'm trying to start directing people to that space. Yeah. And... Um, it was for a two-year-old, and I was like, oh, can you come during the day? Oh, my gosh, yes. <laughs> and they said yes. And like, yes, that's so good. Mm-hmm. And so um, it's just interesting um, balancing that because, you know, in a perfect world, I'd work while they were in school, and I'd be home when they're not. Um, it hasn't quite worked out that way, but we're balancing it. Mm-hmm. Um, my husband's a really great help. Um, he hasn't, um, always been the best cook, but if I leave him (laughs) some instructions for dinner on Tuesday nights, he, um, is more or less successful at feeding our kids. Yeah. You know, I'm so glad that you brought this up because that is my biggest issue right now. And, you know, up until really this year, that schedule has worked great for me. I do a bulk of my direct service hours in the afternoons and evenings. So I work Monday through Friday, basically solidly from 3 to 7 p.m. Mm -hmm. And when my son was first born, it was great because I was home with him all day, you know, during the week, and then he would have a sitter come so I could go to work. So I was still getting that time with him. But now he just started going to daycare three days a week. And... Uh So that I can, you know, work on my business and work on some of the other aspects of the work that I do. Right. And so I feel like, you know, I'm not seeing him because by the time I get home, then it's bedtime. Mm-hmm. So I'm sort of thinking down the road, especially as I'm about to have another baby in a few months, thinking, mm-hmm. okay, well, how am I going to juggle, you know, having a newborn that I want to be with, you know, throughout the days and who I really will need to be with. And then also having a toddler that's going to school and then eventually is going to have after school activities that, you know, I want to be a part of. So how, how do I merge, you know, the work that I do with my family life and try to kind of balance it all. So I, that's definitely a big struggle for me and something that, you know, I'm, I'm really glad to hear other people and and how they make it work, especially those that work with children. Right. And really, there was a a moment where there was a sit-down discussion with my husband and I, and he said, look, you're working a lot more. We need to balance this out. Um, Because, you know, the housework wasn't getting done as efficiently as it was before, and um, we needed to work out meals and, um, you know, sitting down and working out a plan, saying, okay, um, we'll balance it this way. And on this night, I won't work. Like on Wednesdays, I don't work. Um, Wednesday evenings, uh, I take my kids to gymnastics, and then we have church programs on Wednesday evenings. So that's kind of just been my off-limits night (laughs) of working. Um, So far, I haven't agreed to seeing any clients in the afternoons on Fridays. Um, And I I decided a long time ago, even before kids, that I would not work on Saturdays unless I really, really had to. Yeah, good for you. And so that's kind of my boundaries um, for that. But I do remember when I started, especially the Music Together classes, uh, I still had my son home um, all the time um, that fall he or that spring. 
he did not go to a parent's day out program till he was two for two days a week Mm -hmm. when I started those classes. But I remember just putting him in the car. I had to canvas. I had to put out flyers and posters and get the word out that way. And just putting him in the car and saying, we have to do this. Yeah. (laughs) And driving him around um, with me until he couldn't tolerate it anymore. And then I'd go home (laughs) and give him his nap. It's funny the things that we do and, you know, the kind of limits that we push just because we have to. I mean, that's part of our jobs and part of the nature of private practice. Right. And really, and I've I've seen some of my other friends who are in different fields of work or my friends that go to work um, to their office jobs that they absolutely love and still, you know, have to balance that work-life balance. Um, Yeah. have a friend that, you know, weekends are off limits for her too. Uh, she does not do too much extra outside of the house, um, because she wants to be with her family. So it's kind of listing out what your priorities are and making them the priority. Yeah, absolutely. Priorities are essential. Any other challenges you want to mention before we move on to the more fun topic of the fulfilling aspect. <laughs> I think the biggest challenge is trying to write an email while um, my five-year-old son is at the house. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Just to get through, or a document of any sort, right. just to get through computer work, um, and sometimes even my daughter. But my son, he just turned five, so he's still kind of in that um, phase where he just, um, does not walk off and play on his own very well, mm-hmm. but um, he um, do, doing those simple tasks, like a couple of the music therapists that you've interviewed have talked about um, things taking so much longer to do um, with children, uh, which is so true. Yeah, I am so such the type of person to be focused. I want to focus on what I do and complete it, um, even if it comes to cooking. Um, but especially typing an email because I want to make sure everything's correct and that there's no typos and I've said everything I've wanted to say. And uh, when you have a toddler going, Mommy, look at this. Mommy, <laughs> look at this. Mommy, look at this. Um, that's pretty jarring. Yeah, it is. <laughs> And the reason is not there. Mommy, mommy's going to type this email and then we'll play. Yeah, no, that doesn't work so well, does it? No, it doesn't. So usually he's home on Tuesdays and I really, really, really try, unless I really have to, not to do too much work when I'm with him, when he's here during the week. Um, just because I know that's his time. Right. Um, for me to be the other days I have him in school and he loves school and he'll go to kindergarten next year. So, um, I really uh, do make an attempt not to um, do too much work on the days that I am with my children. Now this week where we've had snow days have been a little challenging and I've had to tell them I'm going to take this hour and do some work or I've had to wait till they've had TV time and do work while they're watching TV. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, and it kind of is a reminder to you, you know, when you do try to jump back into that work with your kids around that, ooh, this doesn't work so well. And, yeah. you know, then, you, then you're really appreciate, appreciative of the time that you have to really focus. Right. Yeah. Playdates are wonderful, too, when they get old enough for playdates. Um, oh, yeah. My, my son is at a friend's house right now where... The mom is completely happy because she's getting something done, Nice. too, because her kid is occupied. Yeah, yeah. So. Very beneficial to everyone. Yes. Good. Well, let's move on to the fulfilling aspect. So what, what do you really enjoy about being a working mom? Um, I, enjoy, I do enjoy the balance of it. Uh, like we said earlier, uh, there is, we worked hard for our degrees. Um, for our certifications, and we, I really think to be a music therapist, you've got to love it. You you have to have that passion and that drive to think creatively and to also think clinically um, to know the needs of the individual 
And um, that is so very satisfying to me um, to go to work and to, um, because I've identified with being a music therapist, to um, work my craft, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, per se. And then to come home and give my kids a hug. I mean, it's just, um, it's nice. And every once in a while, it's like an escape, I have to admit. Um, sometimes when I go and my kids are running around wild, I'm like, Mommy's got to go to work. See you later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and no, to go be with someone else's, um, you know, child and to help them. Um, sometimes it is a respite for the mom. Um, to um, have the kid be in therapy. To um, I have some parents that want to take part and some parents that I coach, you know, to help during the week. But um, it just um, is this nice little fulfilling that of being, you know, holistic in my life. Um, I'm a strong woman and I have a career and I'm a strong mother and I have kids that I love dearly. So, um, and a wife at the same time. I love that. Nice. So what about the things that you do for yourself and for your own self care? Um, I, uh, I do several things. I don't know if I do it well. Um, I do try to get as much exercise as I can in a week, which isn't a whole lot right now, but, uh, there is a Wednesday class at our local YMCA for yoga. And I have tried to hit that class every Wednesday at noon um, for the past two years, two or three years. I can't remember how long I've been going to that. Good for you. And it is like my midweek solace of just being there, um, kind of letting go of things or thinking about thinking through a problem sometimes. Um, but getting exercise and, um, some rest, yoga ends in rest. Mm -hmm. And so a rest for a few minutes of that. Um, so that's kind of been my solace. I have also, um, been part of some, you know, book clubs that have nothing to do with music therapy. Um, when my son was young, I got involved with a meetup group of moms uh, which has been really helpful. Like we did the career launch last year together. And, um, I think that's a form of self care, just being, have, finding a group of moms that you can identify with Absolutely. and uh, share experience with. So, um, I also like to cook and I like to eat well. Um, I think if I eat well, it keeps my energy levels up and it keeps my kids healthy and we don't get sick a lot. Um, so I see that as a form of self-care, even though sometimes that takes a lot of work. Yeah. I wish I felt that way about cooking, but (laughs) fortunately not, not so much. It's just a personal preference. Yeah, it's true. You have your ways of self-care too. That's right. We all have our own, our own things that we do to unwind and kind of unplug from the other responsibilities. Right. Well, and sometimes I feel like, even though I involve my kids sometimes with the cooking, um, it's also a way to hide out in the kitchen. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> For a while. Yeah, yes. that's true. Good. Well, what advice do you have to give to fellow music therapists who are either thinking about becoming parents or are pregnant or have just become new moms? Um, first thing that comes to mind is just to give yourself a lot of grace uh, that uh, kids um, and motherhood or parenthood will bring out the best and the worst in you. Yep, that's true. And you got to learn from it. Um, I never knew I could get so agitated um, in the face of a toddler who would not do what I wanted. <laughs> But I had to learn, you know, I had to learn from that um, to know what my levels are and to, you know, sometimes mommy has to have time out um, and a breather. And I think it goes back to that self um, question of self-care is that um, will as especially young parents, parents of young children um, need to find um, time to step away 
and um, to do something creative or relaxing or whatever. Um, because you you have to give yourself grace. Um, we are not perfect. Um, we're not perfect human beings, and we're always learning. Um, and I know um, with my kids that um, where I said that I've built a lot of confidence in myself, that I've learned that there is rewards in standing my grounds and choosing my battles. <laughs> and um, knowing that I am still a person. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, that is, I, I love to hear other people say that because I think part of the process of becoming a mom, you get so wrapped up in this new baby that you kind of forget who you are as a person for a while. Right. Right. And it took me a long time to get back to, okay, who am I? Who is Rachel outside of, you know, Parker's mom? Right. And, uh, well, and you feel like you give and give and give. Yes. Um, I nursed my babies, and they rarely took bottles from anybody else. So, in a way, it was very fulfilling to me. And another way, it was um, when they finally uh, were weaned, it was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> I had oh, a similar experience this is at nice. 15 months. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so um, there, there's some joys and sorrows in that. And um, knowing, and to creating routines, too. Um, I always love reading with my kids at bedtime, even when we're rushing them to get into bed. <laughs> um, and that's kind of our... My husband and I split up nights of reading to our kids, um, but we always like to do it. It's it's kind of our established routine yeah. of being with them right before they go to sleep. Nice, nice. Well, do you have, oh, you mentioned earlier that you did have some projects or some news happening, so please share that with us. Yeah, everything's still kind of on the horizon. Um, over the fall, I, uh, Metro schools, even though they're not really hiring music therapists, uh, they did do a study on how um, music affects education or um, enhances education. And so uh, they created an, created an initiative of finding musicians throughout Nashville who would offer educational services uh, to the schools if the schools wanted to, you know, buy into that program, um, kind of pay independently for an uh, expert to come in. And some of them were one-time, some of them are ongoing. And I thought, hey, as a music therapist, I could offer something really unique yeah. um, to this. And um, had been sitting on some proposals for music therapy groups um, of in realms of, you know, using communication skills to help build language skills, um, which could translate into reading skills, um, or even socialization groups to enhance socialization. Um, or I could offer, um, you know, teacher training on use of music in the classroom. Um, and so I applied for that. It was called the Music Makes Us Foundation. And they accepted all my proposals. Oh, congratulations. Uh, or the, the three major ones. And um, am on there. And then had a mother request, you know, private therapy for her daughter, but her daughter's in a preschool in Metro. And so she, you know, you get the parents on her side. So she's advocating with her um, principal and the parents of the class uh, to see how this could work with their school. That's exciting. And so uh, we've done that. I've also had a talk with the principal of Lucy's school of the possibilities because they have um, a special needs population mm -hmm. and even maybe providing an after-school program for them in the future because not a lot of people provide special needs after-school programs. Yeah. Um, so that's on the horizon. And then over the past week, I've been in discussion with a nursing care facility where the activity director sees the benefit of music therapy 
and um, is working to get everybody on her side to offer really? this. So you're on the uh, cusp of a, a lot of really exciting right job um, prospects and yeah, just things. over the past month, it's just kind of taken off a little bit more. Isn't that and, funny how that all just seems to happen at one time? Right, and yeah, and you know, my son goes to kindergarten next year, and. Uh, so, you know, it may not be perfect world for not getting after school hours, but it's still um, kind of the right time. You know, my daughter's eight. She'll turn nine in August. And after eight and a half years of this journey that I've taken between motherhood and working on my career, it's, it's going to come. I just have that faith. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, like and really after, you know, to go back to not getting the jobs, um, of interviewing for actual jobs that, you know, maybe it is meant for me to just do, do my own thing, create my own business. So I've been thinking creatively that way. Right now I'm just a sole proprietor, but um, it, could, it could bloom. Yeah, absolutely. There's always <laughs> got, that potential. It's got potential, yeah. Good. Well, congratulations on all of your successes and, and the progress that you've made. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Well, I have one last question for you, and that okay. is, do you have any favorite books or resources or products related to either music therapy or motherhood or both that you can't live without? <laughs> I have several. Oh, um, the, uh, well, for motherhood, um, one of the things that I, both my husband and, and I, enjoyed the philosophy of was the books on the happiest baby on the block and the happiest happiest toddler on the block, which Mm -hmm. was Dr. Harvey Karp. Um, and which bleeds over to working with small children in music therapy, especially the happiest toddler on the block and just realizing stages of development of what stage they are in and, um, how you are to, you know, how they see the world. Um, which has been really helpful for motherhood. And then um, meetup.com, which is where I found my mother groups, um, especially the main one that I was a part of, was so very helpful. Um, Between the time Lucy, when she went to kindergarten, all her friends went to kindergarten too, and I, I had met the moms through her play school that she went to. And then they all kind of started getting getting back into work or having other children we moved houses again and uh, meetup.com came at the right time um, I wish I had had it when Lucy was little but um, I really needed it when Ethan was small as well because it got us out of the house and got us meeting new people especially since we moved into a different neighborhood and um, would you know advocate any new mom finding a group. Um, nice. What a, what a great resource. I'm, I'm sure probably a lot of people don't think of meetup.com as, you know, a place to go looking for other moms, but that's so smart of you. Right. And I think they're throughout, you know, at least some of the major cities throughout the country. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I would completely advocate going to meetup.com and seeing what's in your area. Um, and there's t- in Nashville, there's tons of meetup groups. If I wanted to do something um, for, you know, relaunching my career just for anybody, there's a meetup group for that nice. or, um, you know, different things. Good. Great resources. Um, a, um, great resources for um, kind of music therapy uh, it, that aren't necessarily completely music therapy. But um, because I've been focusing on running my own business um, in the past year, uh, like musictherapyed.com has been a lifesaver. Um, just uh, with Kat Fulton and getting into, this is a plug for her, but she hasn't asked me to plug her. <laughs> uh, getting back into what the pertinent issues of music therapy is. And... Um, I've attended one Southeast region conference in the past few years, and I have not been to a national yet. Uh, so keeping abreast of what's going on um, online 
And that's kind of how I found you and um, some of the others. Um, Janice Lindstrom, who you interviewed, mm-hmm. um, has really, really helped. Um, I also have read um, some books. Um, I read Lean In, which was Sheryl Sandberg's Yes, book, that one's on my list. Um, which was really, really good um, on knowing my worth as a woman. <laughs> and as a, as a mom and a wife, um, she has a whole section in there on making your, um, your partner, your partner, your equal. Um, and then that led me into reading or listening to, it's better on the audio, um, Bossy Pants. Oh, I love that. Which is Tina Fey. Yep. And, uh, which was absolutely hysterical and poignant all at the same time. Yes. Um, so just something to identify with as you work on a career in motherhood. Um, I also read a book a few years ago called Circle of Quiet, which was Madeline Langle, um, who wrote Wrinkle in Time. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of a memoir of her in her 30s trying to find her way as an author, um, but not really getting anywhere. She didn't um, publish her first book till she was in her 40s. Um, so, you know, those type of books where I can identify with and um, know that I can do this. Yeah. <laughs> I've got this um, as a music therapist. Those are the best things. And the last thing that I'm going to um, mention, just because my daughter showed it to me the other day, she got it from her um, gifted teacher, but it was an online resource called gonoodle.com. Oh, I've heard of that. And it's really cute. It's for kids to get up and kind of moving, and it's holistic. Mm-hmm got videos to that helps them um uh dance we were doing some of their pose they have some yoga going on so we were doing their poses the other day and it was really interesting for a kid had a lot it has a lot to do with movement and of course it has a lot to do with movement and music yeah so um it i would recommend checking into gonoodle.com it's really cute Nice. Great list. Thank you so much for sharing all those resources. You're welcome. Well, Carrie, thank you so much for being on the show. And I think that you brought a really interesting perspective and backstory to the podcast. So I appreciate you sharing. Thank you, Rachel. I um, thought, you know, when I listened to some of the other ones, um, I enjoyed them and um, have learned a lot from them as well. But I thought, you know, I kind of have a different story. You do. So thank you for for letting me share it. I appreciate it. It's been my pleasure. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to send Carrie a message, you can contact her via Twitter at C. Friedel or on her Facebook page, In Harmony Music of Middle Tennessee. Would you like to be a guest on the show? Let me know. Get in touch and find the show notes for this episode at listenlearnmusic.com slash podcast. And if you feel so inclined, please consider leaving a review on iTunes. I'll talk to you again next week.